Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. So last week, you will remember that Kelsey and I were together for recording, and we have a really exciting surprise for you this week. What's that? We're still together for recording. (laughs) We recorded these episodes back to back, so we're still recording in the same room together, and it's like pretty amazing. We've never done a double feature before like this. I know, so many firsts this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's like a really important weekend. What are we talking about today? We're talking about a quaint British movie (laughs) and a quaint British television show. I'm going to leave it as big as that. (laughs) Let me do all the heavy lifting. (laughs) I mean, sure. Dot, dot, dot. Fart joke. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a heavy lifting fart joke in there. Thunderpants. (laughs) Thunderpants. (laughs) Spoiler alert. We watched the... 2002 movie Thunderpants, which is a film that Rupert Grint was in right after he started starring in Harry Potter. It's a film that I purchased illegally, or not illegally, but like from another country and had to import it. (laughs) Because it was never distributed in the U.S. Yeah. And then we are going to talk about The Wine Show. Which is my new favorite television show. Me too. But let's start with something less cultured, oh. or more so, depending on how you think about it. Yikes. It's like a bacteria joke. Oh. Why? Farts. Why? <laughs> because of farts. <laughs> so, who wants to describe Thunderpants? My movie is my fault. All right. So, <laughs> I'm making Thunderpants noises with my chair. <laughs> Uh, I'm in a different environment. I'm not in my sonic zone. <laughs> it's true. It's not nearly as ambient lit as her usual sonic That's paradise. True, I complained about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have one sconce. <laughs> so, Thunderpants. Thunderpants. Is a movie about a boy who farts a lot. <laughs> and his best friend, who's a genius. And... About a, an international crisis in space. <laughs> sure. Uh, so it's about this boy, and he farts a lot, so it's, like, about his life for the first bit. You and learn that he farts a lot because the movie opens with an establishing shot of his mother giving birth, and then he farts himself out of her uterus. Yeah, it's really cute. Uh, and then he struggles with, like, making friends because he farts a lot, and everyone hates him because he farts a lot. <laughs> And he farts. Hate watch drinking game for this episode. Drink every time we say he farts a lot. And his best friend has no sense of smell in addition to being a genius, and that's why he can put up with them. So he makes him, like, a f- various fart suits that will contain his farts or devices that will help them also win competitions that have to do with farting. It's a lot. Well, it's like one science competition where you have to create... Uh, like vehicle that's not run on fossil fuels or a motor and no one else can win but they win because of farts right so then there's a space issue 
and the U.S. government, like, kind of kidnaps the farting, the farter and the genius. <laughs> and basically the farter farts himself to space to save everyone else. <laughs> and that's the- Because for some reason, NASA can't launch a regular spaceship. They never say why. Well, the other thing that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning is that time is meaningless in this movie. So, like, <laughs> sometimes it's 1965 and sometimes it's 2000. And yep. it's there's no re- rhyme or reason for it. No. So, yeah, that's the premise, basically, is that sometimes it's okay to fart when you embrace the weird quirks about yourself because <laughs> you can save people from space. And green is a color. Green is a color. The entire <laughs> film is green, as in... All of the apartments are green, and the doors to them are green, and all of the cars are green, and all of the costumes are green, and everyone wears green socks, and all of the accessories are green, and the wallpaper is green. You picking up what I'm putting down here? Like, I feel concerned in describing the greenness of this film, Mm -hmm. much the way that Ron is often concerned that people don't understand he wants all the bacon and eggs. It's all the green. Yeah. Like... Literally everything is green until you go to NASA and then there's like three things at NASA that are orange. Yeah. Because it's the US and not But why green and orange? Unclear. I mean I sort of justified the green as like is it supposed to colored? Yeah, like a stink cloud joke. Right. It's like so stinky. So it had to be green. Right. So, oh, he also uh, goes on a world tour for a little while with us, the second, the world's second best tenor. Right. Because he farts out the highest note of the song. Like you do. And then they make a lot of jokes about how he sings out his ass. Yeah. Like a lot. He's like, I sing the high note with my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Please say that again. (laughs) the one time only exclusive here on hate watch of us oh that accent was so charming what is the charming accent though like i need to give credit where credit's due and rupert grant knows what he's doing in this movie way more than he should for like a 12 year old he his acting in this movie was super intentional and was definitely the right move yeah just so funny he has this like affect on his voice that's perfect it's so good it's like wise beyond his years that he knew to do that so i've been saving this nugget for like three days but in light of recent revelations after our formative media episode you had a crush on Rupert Grant. i had a crush on Rupert Grant. i knew this was gonna happen to me <laughs> he was my favorite of the golden trio when i was in high school really yeah he was the after he had the hair I get it. Well, it was after <laughs> The Goblet of Fire, which is the year without a haircut for everybody. Yep, yep, yep. After that is when I started to think he was cuter than Daniel Radcliffe. It was short-lived, but... Daniel Radcliffe was, like, my OTP from day one. Yeah. But we knew that. We knew that. So, he's yeah. He's also a short man. Grant. Yeah. He's a short British man. <laughs> With Yikes. a better name. <laughs> Everything is hard. We're in too deep. <laughs> We're in way too deep. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, now you know. It's alright. I'll forgive you. <laughs> so what's interesting about this movie is that people didn't hate it as much as they should have. 
You didn't hate it as much as I didn't have. hate it as much as I should have. I told Kelsey, but it had a similar effect on me as the Clue movie did, where the first like hour of it was so difficult mm-hmm. and I wanted to die. Yeah. And then the last half hour was so joyful. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like it was a combination of like, what the fuck is happening? And also I'm here for it. Like it kind of left me feeling delighted. Yeah. And so I had a hard time hating it by the end. Like, it's very British in that, yes. like, the motivations are appropriate and, like, the story they're telling is worth telling, but why are they telling it like it's a this? fart story. No, well, like, the story about, like, embracing your quirks. <laughs> but farts. Right, well, that's what I mean. Like, why is this the avenue they chose to tell the story And, like, now, farting right? yourself into space. Right. Like, they they literally put him in, like, a, a fart toilet at the top of a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> then he farts himself into space. Right. So it has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Empire Magazine wrote, Thunderpants is a well-made, quirky oddity for adults, but a laugh riot for kids and be-no nostalgists. Underneath all the expelled air, it's really just a simple tale of a boy finding his talent and making the most of it. And then the host of Red Letter Media, which is some web series according to Wikipedia, said that it was too charming and well-made to what? be a bad film. No, that's not how that works. I could get behind too charming. It was not too well-made <laughs> to be a bad film. <laughs> Also, like, you can say that about Game of Thrones, but it's a bad television show. Sure. Although Game of Thrones has no charm. No, but it's well made. Yes, it is well made. Well, and part of the charm of this movie is that it's not well made. It's so <laughs> Not weird. particularly. And, like, just looking at everything and saying, like, this was a life choice someone made. This was another choice someone yep. made. Well, like, we talk about all the time, like, it had to be sold through layers of bureaucracy and everything you see on the screen was a decision. So the fact that everyone's wearing green socks, like, there was a meeting that was had yep. where where the director and the wardrobe department were like, green socks, also, let's do it. Also, everyone wears, like, a uniform. Yep. Yeah, every character has the one outfit. Mm-hmm. And they kind of make an in-joke to it. So when NASA kidnaps the fart boy, they, like, bring him onto an airplane and he's been wearing, he he was almost executed by a firing squad because, sure, <laughs> so he, like, because he killed a different tenor with his farts. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just, like, a little fart murder. Um, and so he goes into a closet in the airplane and there's, like, 95 of this green striped shirt that he's been wearing since he was born in the movie. Yep. Like, they're making in-jokes mm-hmm. at their own wardrobe choices, mm-hmm. but, like, but, like, they're too quirky for their own good. <laughs> it's, like, one big in-joke. Like, there's so much that I feel like the creative team knows like, I wasn't that we sure don't know. I was in on it. <laughs> no, none of us were in on it. The creative team was. Yeah. It also feels like, like, wish fulfillment in the most pure form where, like, Inside of the writer and the director is an eight-year-old boy who just wants to talk about farts for 90 minutes. Right. And And get paid to do so. so, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if farts are how we kill the White Walkers, I'm okay with it. (laughs) 
there's the crossover you never knew you needed. <laughs> just so. like Jon Snow standing at each east watch going, Like put fart boy on a dragon. Thunder pants. That'd be his best military move. <laughs> I swear to God, Rupert Grint in that movie is a better military strategist. He is. I mean, given that he ran a control center at NASA. Yeah. The one thing that movie never explains is when Rupert Grint finally gets Fart Boy back, because with the whole kidnap thing, he brings him all the way through NASA and they talk to like the regular control room people. And then he's like, come to this other control room and it's full of children. Yeah. And they never explain why. They're all international, like, kidnap victims. Yeah, like, NASA's been amassing a room of smart children. And Rupert Grint makes a joke to that effect, like, about how these are smart people. Well, also, like, Fartboy goes to Rupert Grint's, like, parents' house. Oh, yeah. Before he leaves, and his dad is just like, and it's right when he's left, and his dad's just like, he's going to another country, he's never coming back. Yeah. But it's cool. It's super cool. Well, and then a Secret Service agent from NASA shows up at Fartboy's house where his sister and his mother live. And he knocks on the door and Fartboy answers and he's like, I'm from NASA and come with me. And Fartboy's like, okay. And he's like, let me go grab my stuff. And then he just like turns around and walks out the door in the same shot. That's how that works. It's like there's never any kind of written consent from the mother. Nothing about this movie makes any sense. <laughs> like, this, the Secret Service agent has a flat screen television in his, like, town car, and it's supposed to be, like, 1960, maybe? It's unclear. Time is meaningless. Much <laughs> like our crossover. <laughs> True that. Nothing fucks you harder than time. <laughs> um, the other thing that I think is really funny about this movie is, like, and, and we were joking about this while we were watching it, but, like, Rupert Grint's family signed the contract for this film after, clearly after The Chamber of Secrets came out, because that's the movie they reference on the back of the DVD cover. Yeah. And it, it worked out fine for Rupert Grint, right? Like, we can all agree Rupert Grint did just fine. Without the stain on his IMDb resume that is Thunderpants. Oh, that, I don't know that I didn't gotten... mean to make that pun. Aww. Sorry. Yikes. I just want to clarify that was accidental. Yikes. <laughs> he hasn't gotten the roles that other people... He's, like, the, gotten the fewest key roles out of the group. I get the sense that's on purpose, though. Like, I... Maybe. I, like, from... he didn't take his pants off to fuck horses on stage. I was trying to fuck like, any you know. horses. My impression by the end of the Harry Potter movies is that Rupert Grint wasn't looking to have the same type of acting career yeah. that Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe were looking to have. Well, there was a time when Emma Watson was, like, too good to have an acting career, too, and she's like, I'm going to Brown for a big day. I actually had a boss who was at Brown at the same time as Emma Watson. Mm. She she didn't, There were like, always stories of, like, so-and-so went to a party. Yeah. Okay. She didn't, like meet Emma Watson. Like, she didn't know her, but she had plenty of stories of, like, running into her on campus. And none of them were interesting. It was none of the, like, the rumors that would go around the internet of people making, like, ten points for Gryffindor jokes in class or any of that nonsense. Right. But she said a lot of what she would do was, like, try to be incognito, but then, like, wear big sunglasses and speak loudly in a British accent. Right. So it's like, well... Right. And everyone was like, you're the only British person at Brown. Yeah. So... 
<laughs> also, she's apparently very short. They're all short. Every actor is short because they have short man syndrome, and that's how they become an actor. It's is like, that a British issue, do you suppose? No, it's like a life issue. <laughs> life issue. <laughs> Look how tall the Afflecks are, if you want a benchmark. How, how tall are the Afflecks? Short. start a facebook watch channel how tall is this actor i think that's like a six four never mind oh shit that's tall he's a tall man i really didn't get that perhaps he's short in personality the other affleck is five nine casey affleck yeah Hmm. that i could see i suppose hipster affleck Affleck. (laughs) how tall tall do you think rupert grant is i used to know this actually i think rupert grant is like five eleven five eight Oh, shit. He's only an inch taller than I am. He's as tall as Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's getting too real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, Thunderpants. Um, We were talking about something else. Oh, I remember. Going way, way back. So, Rupert Grint's family signed a contract. And the thing of it is, is that Rupert Grint was a kid when he did that movie. And so he would have no sense of, like, what it meant for his professional career. But his parents should have. Mm -hmm. Especially because he was in this major franchise. And then there's this other kid. Because Fartboy is not Rupert Grint. Yeah. It's a different kid. Who, as far as we know, didn't grow up to have a career. We haven't looked into it. Yeah. So if you know, tell us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. (laughs) We're not going to use the Google for that. No, it's a lot of Google for one little Fartboy. But same deal, also a kid, had no idea what that would do for his acting career, but his parents did, and signed a contract. And, like, I guess it's kind of a funny nothing film, but it's going to be on their IMDb page forever. It is. <laughs> when you Google their name, Thunderpants is going to come up. Thunderpants. <laughs> forever. And... That kind of shit matters on a resume, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, especially... That digital footprint and all. That digital footprint. And sure, it was 2002, but the internet existed. Google didn't, but other search engines did. Google existed in 2002. No. Yes, it did. Google was later. No. This I'm going to use the Google for. Sure. I've had this argument recently, and Google was later than I thought it was. Anyway... Especially for Rupert Grint's family, because, like... 1998. Okay. Because, like, that... Like, what if he was in this major franchise and they blew his opportunity by putting him Mm -hmm. in a fart movie? Mm -hmm. And then, like, the not-Chris-Columbus director of the next movie came back and was like, I don't need any fart kids in my film. I'm surprised Alfonso didn't... (laughs) Get rid of Rupert Grant after this because he knew what he was about. Yeah, Alfonso was He's not here to play. Eh, I haven't come around to the Alfonso verdict like he everybody else is has. The reason why the movie succeeded, he set the tone for every movie after Chris Columbus ruined them. This is a part of my long term campaign <laughs> to promote Chris Columbus Day. <laughs> We are so we are so close to getting to do Columbus Day, guys. Get so hype. It's gonna be the best. I'm gonna be the fucking best. We've been planning this for five years now. Yeah. Before we even knew what a podcast was. Before we had a podcast. Um, so yeah. 
Thunderpants happened. I don't know if I'm saying you should go watch it. No. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm going back and forth in my head. Kelsey's going to take a Polaroid of me looking confused about whether or not I'm going to endorse Thunderpants. I can't. She's pointing a Polaroid at me through the pop filter like it's fucking National Geographic on Safari Podcast Edition. microphone in the way she can't even get her angles right. Every angle is a bad angle when you have two pop filters and a microphone. That sounds like a bad song. It sounds like a sublime cover. (laughs) (laughs) Two pop filters and a microphone. Oh god. I did it. (laughs) She did it. For your listening pleasure. That noise. Listen to that Polaroid action. Well, I'm glad I watched Thunderpants. I feel like there's a part of Tumblr I understand better now. I also understand why it was not distributed in the United States. <laughs> do you? I do. So let's talk about something that has been distributed in the United States recently. Uh-huh, uh-huh, something uh-huh. that has brought me like infinite amounts of joy. Yep. If you want to tell us what that is? It's the wine show. The wine show. The wine show. It's available on Hulu, and it's two Matthews. It's the wine Matthews. The wine Matthews. It's two Matthews that Kelsey happens to care very much about. Be- it's Matthew be- Reese from The Americans and other things, and Matthew Good from Chasing Liberty with Mandy Moore and other things. <laughs> that's probably not the thing he's the most famous for, but it's a thing he's famous for. It's the thing that's the most famous in context to our podcast. This pop filter looks like a mustache. Yeah, it does. <laughs> in this Polaroid. Anyway, back to the wine, Matthew. Sorry. God. <laughs> um, so, I've only seen the pilot. Kelsey has seen more than I have. But basically, the Matthews wanted to learn about wine because they like drinking it but know nothing about it. So they held themselves hostage in an Italian villa, and then they assembled a crew of sommeliers and, like, other people who knew shit about wine. And they send them around the world to go do tours of vineyards and other estates that make wine. And they learn shit about wine in, like, documentary fashion for the audience, and then they bring the wine back and to the Italian villa where the wine Matthews are holding themselves hostage, and then they drink the wine together. So my favorite thing about the wine show is that it's, like, the variety show for the wine. Yes. So, like, there's so many segments to this show. So many. it never ends. It feels like it goes on forever, which is a good thing if you love it. Well, it's funny, too, because they're only, like, half-hour episodes. They're full hours. Are they full hours? Oh. Yeah. It simultaneously felt short and infinite. Like, I thought I was going to die watching it, and I was also going to die happy. Yeah. So, (laughs) there's, like, the two documentary shorts, which are shot, like, beautifully. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, someone has a little bit too much access to a drone. Yeah. But besides that, they're shot beautifully. They have those two segments. They also do this, like little competition where they set, they're they sent to, like, a different part of Italy, and they have to bring back a wine mm. that most 
best describes that part of Italy. That was my favorite segment. Yes, they each bring back one, and then the, like, lead sommelier, like, chooses which one he likes the best. And he puts it in this fancy wine holder. Mm -hmm. It's, like, this big wooden box with, like, these little, like, holes that hold the wine at a fancy angle. And I'm assuming that there's going to be an endpoint once the box is full. It's going to be, like, represent all of Italy. Right. And then there's the segment where they talk about wine technology and gadgets. They talk about, like, yeah. decanters or openers or... Fancy corks. Weird, like, technological gadgets. Like, there was one... Or there was <clears> one that was, like, a a tasting, like, assist type thing where it was a case of, like, instead of chocolates, it would be every type of flavor profile that you can get and people who are studying to be sommeliers use it to like learn about wine that reminds me of the scratch and sniff wine smell Mm -hmm. flavor profile book i have right so it's like that but it costs like twelve hundred dollars yeah so they talk about stuff like that there's also a segment where they pair food with wine and they have a chef talk about the meal that they prepared oh yeah and then there's, like, one more segment, I think, but I don't know what it is. In the pilot, the last one was a versus segment. So they had their regular wine expert, and then they had this chick, who's also a wine expert, but not as much as the other guy. And they went to two different wineries. So she went to Australia, and he went to a chateau in France. And they're supposed to represent, like, opposite ends of the spectrum. And then they went and, like, made wine. And it was... The, the point of that segment was, like... The personality of the winery impacts the flavor of the wine. That's, like, the point of most of those segments. Yeah. And then the one I'm missing is that when they go on their Italian adventure, they do, like, a whole segment of, like, learning about the different vineyards that are in whatever place they are. Yep, yep, yep. So before they do the reveal of what wine they brought back. Yep. There's that. They go on, like, tours of estates. And in the pilot, they go to this one village during a barrel rolling festival, Mm -hmm. and they, like, try to roll a barrel uphill. (laughs) Just it super brings funny. Me, like infinite joy watching this <laughs> so show. So much. Joy. It's like if you wanted Rick Steves Europe, but you wanted it to be a little more lit. <laughs> it's so lit. <laughs> well, because the thing that they do right is that the wine Matthews are all of us, right? Like, oh, yeah. there are so many of us who love wine but are really dumb about wine, but like don't want to be. And learning about wine is hard because wine is pretentious. Mm-hmm. And people who know wine don't want to teach plebes. I, like, have a soft spot for Matthew Reese because it, I listen to the Americans podcast mm. and they, he does a lot of stuff on that. And he's yep. very, like, the same that he is on this show. He's very, like, approachable and, like, He was my snarky. favorite wine Matthew, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. like, my one true wine Matthew <laughs> and I think he's yours, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the same favorite wine Matthews, so... And he doesn't like sweet wine, and he's always like, I'm surprised by this sweet wine, because it tastes kind of dry, and it's still good, even though it's sweet. Yeah. It's like everything I've ever wanted. Hashtag relatable. It's sort of along the lines of Great British Bake Off and Grand Designs, where, like, we're just going to take an hour out of your day to do, like, the most zen thing possible with lots of, like, beautiful aerial footage. I felt like my time watching those shows prepared me for this moment. Mmm, that's true. Because it's quirkier. It's much quirkier. And in some ways, there's less payoff. Because in reality, all you're doing is watching people drink wine for an hour. Yeah, if I don't have wine with me when I'm watching it, it's really disappointing. (laughs) 
And, like, there's a lot of plugs involved. Like, they spend a lot of time plugging all their social channels. It's and like so awkward. They're, like, because it's so obvious. It sounds like the end of every podcast when they're like, find us on iTunes, except, like, also trying to be organic conversation while pouring the wine. And they suddenly break the fourth wall, and they're like, if they want to learn more about us, where can they go? And yeah. they look at the camera, and they're like... Go to our Twitter. But in the middle of, like, pouring the wine, they'll it's be, like, like... Yeah, it's not a separate cut. It's no. all one big... The sommelier mess. will be pouring into the glass, and he's like, so this is from this estate, and they pick the grapes at dawn while frozen, and if you want to learn more about that, you can find a video on our website. So the thing that you don't know because you've only seen one episode, but I have yeah. a question about... Sure, sure. If any of our listeners know the answer, is that, like other British reality shows we've seen... The Wine Matthews wear the same outfit. Oh, do they? One wears a white button-up and one wears a blue button-up. Okay. And every time that he comes, the sommelier comes back with bottles of wine from his adventures, and they do the gadget thing, they're always wearing the same outfit. It's like, did you drink this much wine on the same day, (laughs) or did you just wear the same outfit, and why? They may only have- thing on British television- where they wear the same outfits even though it's not the same day. Like, they do this on Great British Bake Off. It's true. Every fucking time. Maybe. I, I don't get it. Maybe British it. people are just less uptight about wearing the same stuff multiple times in a row. But it's, like, not happenstance. It's, like... Purposeful. Yeah. Like, they only wear the outfit when they're in that environment. I would assume that they definitely record some of the some episode segments worth at one time. I would eat my hat if they're recording a whole season's worth at one time. Right. Unless they're Because just... they joked about it on one of the Americans episodes about doing season two of the wine show, and it sounded like it was like, ha, because his wife is on the Americans too. Yeah. And it sounded like she was like, ha, 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 go do another season of the wine show. Like, it yeah. was like, bro time. Not his wife, his whatever. Well, how long, how long do they say that they're in the Italian villa? Like a month? I would gather it's like... Four to six weeks. Interesting. Because they go on all the road trips, too. Right, 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 right. I don't know how to answer that. That's so weird. Listeners, if you have any insight as to why British people only have one reality show outfit... Yeah, please tell us. Find us on Twitter at HeyWatchUs. Please tell us. It's bothering me. We had some downloads in the UK, so I imagine that some of y'all might have some insight. Yeah. Yeah, help us out. We're just dumb Americans. Ugh. <laughs> who love the wine show who love and the wine show I recently learned that season 2 is happening I'm not surprised by that I'm a little surprised I'm sorry I know that was an underwhelming reaction I'm a little surprised based on Carrie Russell <laughs> <laughs> season 2 is happening that's amazing do you think they'll stay in Italy for season 2 I think they were but I could be wrong I don't understand the functionality of them of, like, the two of them being in a villa for the whole time and then having, like, sommeliers go out and do the rest. Like, I guess I see the logic in having a home base. I'm just not sure I understand why they just went and stayed in a house in Italy. people to stay in one place and travel around. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. But, like, also, this show, like, there's no actual reason why they needed famous people to be on this show. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's all just gratuitous and hilarious. And that's why I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun. And, like, the sommelier is, like, a little out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes he, there's, like, he and the camera guy who travels, like, have some good times together. Yes, they do. There's, like, a lot of things that I'm like, wait, why? Why did that have to happen? Okay. <laughs> 
in his <laughs> shorts, but like it's still it's still fun. I did find the the last segment that they did where like the chick went to Australia and he went to France and they were like battling. I found that segment like pretty insufferable. Like what I learned from it was interesting. The point they were making yeah. in like a, a documentarian kind of way was interesting, but the format of it was super insufferable because they have this voiceover where they keep like volleying like snarky remarks to each other. It's and... like very akin to um, Love It or List It. Oh fuck, you're right. It is. And it's not, it, like, tonally doesn't match the rest of the show, but it's also just fucking dumb. Yeah, in terms of, like, host interaction. Yeah. Like, because they have no chemistry, and also, I don't know about y'all, but, like, I'm not really here for lover spats between co-hosts. I'm here for the Wine Matthews, always. Yeah, the Wine Matthews just kicking around being dumb together and enjoying it. They have so much fun. It's great. Like, it's so rewarding to see people who have the same level of knowledge as you, but then it's really fun when they do like, their road trips around Italy to do their challenges, because they go and they're basically like, well, I liked this wine, so I brought it back. And then the sommelier tastes it, and it's so cute, because they're like, we don't know what we're doing. We hope we did it right. Right. Since watching this season of Master of None, every time they get in their yes. little car, I'm like, are you gonna get stuck on a road somewhere? <laughs> I really want you to get stuck on a road somewhere. I watched the pilot at the same time that I was watching season two of Master of None, and it... I had a very similar feelings. Ugh. I wanted to see them watch more or eat more pasta. Ugh, I love that show so much. <laughs> I love both of those shows so much. Actually, that's the crossover you need. How fun would it be to get Aziz and Sari on the wine show? I would love that so much. <laughs> the crossover you never knew you needed. Also, like, give me Matthew Reason's beard any day on any show. Yeah. And I will watch it. Yeah. He's, he's a good Matt. He's a good Matthew. The other thing that happened during, like, the gadget tour is that they, um, they show the same vacuum seal, like, cork thing that I have. Oh. It's, like, the ones with the little rubber stoppers, and it's got, like, a thing that you stick in the mm-hmm. stopper, and you do the thing until it clicks. I have them. What works well for them in the gadget department in particular, but also sometimes in other conversations, is that they're, they're, like, famous people, but they know who they're trying to represent on the show. Yeah. And, like, when they say things cost, like, $150, they're like, what? That's an outrage. <laughs> and it just, it's so great. It's super, super Because funny. it's, like, a little authentic, even though it shouldn't be. Like, right. They're still like, wait, what? How much is this wine that I'm drinking? Like, why? <laughs> they got to try this one wine that's from, like, the 1800s or some shit. It was the same wine that Napoleon drank. Mm-hmm. And they only have, like, one bottle left. And they got to drink it. And the whole time I was, like, mostly just baffled because I can't keep a bottle of red from oxidizing for more than, like, three days. So how are they keeping an open bottle of wine from oxidizing for, like, 300 years? That's what the technology's for. It's amazing. I feel like they should have spent more time on that in the gadget section. Like, where's the gadget that's preserving the 300-year-old wine? The one thing I'm, like, not super into so far, I'm like halfway through the season, is that lead sommelier told us that he's a reporter at one point. Oh, really? Versus a, just like a TV host. Huh. And tried to do this thing about how like in where's the place that had the the sexy sexy saxophone guy? Moldova? Yeah, Moldova. Yeah, that's where they went. (laughs) Eurovision reference. Yeah. 
and <laughs> he was talking about like how their wine game wasn't up to par and he's like well if you know if i had a reporter coming to this vineyard i would do this and this and this and it's like okay but you're but that's kind of shitty this is supposed to be a fun light-hearted television show yeah like play it cool bro yeah also maybe don't alienate people on camera yeah it was a life choice because like those bitches gonna go back and watch that yeah but he's a reporter <laughs> <laughs> good news is that the wine matthews would never alienate anyone it's true it reminded me the whole time I was watching it, I was having flashbacks to um, some time that I spent abroad and uh, one fateful eve <laughs> that I had <laughs> in a rural wine village yep. during a wine festival. Yep. <laughs> I'm really hoping that the Wine Matthews relived that experience in some form. Like, that's what I'm holding out for. They don't get tanked enough for me on that show. But... <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> they don't even need to get tanked. I just want to see them, like, fumbling about. Ugh, I would just, yeah. You know, like, just lost alone in the countryside. It's so fun. <laughs> Trying it's to like talk to the locals. The buddy comedy you never knew you needed. Yes. It, it, it's like the the buddy cop of wine. Right. It's lovely. Watch it on Hulu. It's amazing. It's super amazing. I'm obsessed with it. Ugh. We all need more zen. Zen comedy. It falls under the category of, like, Lil Higgy, so... Yes, it's absolutely a member of Lil Higgy's Knitting Corner. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you have feelings about the Wine Matthews or um, other parts of the wine show, or if you want to recommend wine to us, it's always really hard to... (laughs) It's always really hard to pick out wine at the store, so just send us names of your favorite wines. And I'm having a hard time wrapping this up because we're being attacked by an air mattress. (laughs) I couldn't keep it together. There's an air mattress attacking us. It's totally normal, guys. (laughs) This is the kind of professionalism that you come to hate watch for. I'm currently holding the mattress at bay with my foot. So what happens when your podcast studio is also your guest room and also the size of a full-size air mattress. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Wine Matthews. Wine Matthews. Tweet us. Hate Watch With Us. Oh, yeah. I didn't actually give the rest of our handle. I mean, we'll figure it out. At oh. Hate Watch With Us. Or hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. I almost said email. At email.com. <laughs> Every if once you... in a while when I try to go to Gmail... And I'm, like, not really thinking. I'll go into the URL bar and just type in email. Wow. <laughs> like, as if that's going to do anything. So that's where I'm at, y'all. Hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. If you want to listen to some podcasts from some people we like, you should check out thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Because we're members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Yeah, and it's really great. So listen to all their stuff. You can also follow them on Twitter at Audio. Uh, and just get the latest updates of all of the new content that they're putting out. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review. That would be amazing. Super chill. Super and chill. And we will cheers to you digitally if you subscribe to us. So <laughs> there's that I can offer you. <laughs> I like it when we make on-the-spot promises to our listeners, <laughs> as if three weeks from now we're going to remember. Right, I'm like, what am I going to do? I can cheers. I 
if, that most days anyway. It's okay. <laughs> if you could rate and review us and just remind us what we said we'd do for you, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Yeah. Well, thank so, you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. He's like, I sing the high note with my eyes.